Hey, awesome. Man, so good to be with you guys today. Grab a seat or sit in a seat. You could grab it if you want. So good to be together. Awesome. You guys, we have a really special treat. Kyle, would you bring up that table for Jamie? We have a uh, really special treat today. Pastor Jamie Panetta from La Paz, Mexico. Yes. She's here to, to share with us. And man, first service was so good. I was taking notes. It was some, there was some chicken nuggets of goodness in that. No, let's take glory nuggets. How about that? Gospel nuggets. There's a nugget. You can tell we get to the second service. I start thinking about food and everything becomes referential to food. Um, Pastor Jamie uh, and Bethany and I, uh, we were elders together at Joy Medford. I don't remember if we were actually on it together at the same time. I think we were for a period of time, but we've known each other for years and years and years. And uh, her and her husband, Jerry, who has since gone to be with Jesus, and he's just get a head start up there enjoying everything in heaven. But they went down to Mexico with a small, what, what kind of car was it? A Kia Sedona sedan, Kia sedan, uh, loaded with all of their earthly goods and possessions, or some of their earthly goods and possessions, not all of it, and drove down through Baja, you know, through California, through Baja, California, all the way down to the Cabo area. They, they, it's a city about two hours north of Cabo San Lucas called La Paz, and they have planted it. They planted a church, just began to preach the gospel, didn't even speak a lick of Spanish. Couldn't even order a taco at Taco Bell. That's how little they knew. They walk in, they're like, can I just get one of those things? It's a, it's a shell. It's like a tortilla chip with some lettuce and, and beans. And they, that's, that was the level of Spanish that they spoke. And, uh, but, you know, just a living example and testimony that when you will say yes to God and walk in faith to do what God's called you to do, God can do amazing things. And so not only was the church planted and birthed, but man, she is absolutely rocking it. There are campuses being planted. They are winning people to Jesus. People are being baptized. She'll tell you more about it, but they're, you know, they go to a neighborhood, and the whole neighborhood comes out, and I've been down there on missions trips to, to hear the gospel, and it's just absolutely unbelievable. So we are so honored to partner with Pastor Jamie and Destino Cristiano, the name of the church there. We call them Joy Church La Paz because uh, we're gringos, and that's what we do, right? Uh, but the name of the church is Destino Cristiano. And uh, God is just doing incredible things. But I, I want to take a second. Pastor Jamie's going to preach, so I won't, I won't preach. But I want to say this. God, I really believe this in my spirit today, wants to do two things in your life this morning. One, he wants to reveal something that you are to put down. Uh, in other words, there's something of ourselves. How many of you know that for, for God to increase in our life and for his purposes to increase in us, we have to decrease? Nobody says amen to that, because that means giving up comfort. It means giving up our, the th our own desires and dreams and things that we think are going to fulfill us, and it means laying those things down at the foot of the cross. So that's the first thing. God's going to speak something to you today to lay down. The second thing God is going to speak to you today, I believe, is something to pick up. You know, Jamie actually gave this verse in her sermon, and I, and I think we'll see it here, that we are to lay down our lives, die to ourselves, and we are to pick up the cross of Christ daily. Before you can pick up the, the burden of, of God, before you can pick up the cross of Christ, there's something you have to lay down. But I believe God's going to speak something to you today and, and really to us as a church of something that we are to pick up, and that is the purpose and the destiny of God. And I'm just going to speak some scary, prophetic, purpose, destiny words into some of you today. 
Okay, and as my dad always says, you throw a stone into a pack of dogs, the one that yelps is the one that got hit. So this is like you decide if this is for you. You hear from the Lord. But I believe that God wants to stir some of you in the days and years to come to do what Jamie did and to go into the harvest and plant churches. Well, I'm not a pastor. No, you're not yet. I wasn't a pastor until I was. Come on. Well, I've never preached. I've never, I can't preach. I can't do it. You can't right now. But I, I think there might be a verse in the Bible that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So you can do it with God on your side. I believe God is calling churches to be planted. I believe God is calling some of you to even to go to foreign nations and follow the call of the gospel. I believe God is calling some of you to upgrade, to pick up a joy group, meaning that you're to pursue with passion, whatever that means, to lead others in your neighborhood into a discipleship relationship with Jesus. I believe God's calling some of you to pick up the call of an evangelist, and every day when you get ready to go to work, you put your work boots on, you kiss your wife goodbye, and you go to preach the gospel as you make a living. I believe God is going to stir some things, but you know, I, I know that God did not give us this building. God didn't put us in the city of Eugene, and God didn't put us in a great family of churches, and God didn't, he, he isn't doing all of this just so we can be comfortable. He's doing it for kingdom purpose and advancement, and so I believe God's going to speak today some things to lay down, and those things that you lay down are going to make room for you to pick up what he's calling you to do, and if it doesn't scare you, it's probably not the Holy Spirit. If it doesn't absolutely freak you out and make you think that's impossible, then it's probably not faith. Because if it was possible to do it, then that's you. But if it's impossible, really, in your natural thinking, then it's probably God. But all I know is this, that the kingdom of God doesn't advance unless somebody goes. Bethany and I had to give up our dogs. We had to sell our house. We had to sell all our stuff. And we had to move to Eugene to follow the call of God. And we've been blessed in Eugene. And come on, somebody, Oregon Ducks, hello. This is a great place to live. But we had to give up and lay something down in order to pick up the call of God. And God's going to speak that to you today. And you're going to hear from a champion of faith. Come on up, Pastor Jamie, who did this. So we're, let's, let's give her a round of applause. She's going to share the word with us. And uh, I love you, Jamie. I love you, Jamie. Appreciate you. You're the best. No, you, no, you're the best. No, no. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> oh, gosh, this is great. Well, first of all, I receive what he just said. But... Um, you know, God challenges me every day. I, I just really, I, I just want to say that I am in agreement with what he's saying, that that is what's happening today. Something is happening here this morning. I don't believe that I came from La Paz to preach or to teach or whatever for nothing to happen. I believe there something is going to happen and something is happening. So I just first want to thank you as a church for supporting our cause, you know, for supporting what's happening in La Paz. I really appreciate it. Um, it, it, we, the whole church is thankful for you guys because I let them know where the support comes from. But I also just want to thank my family. I got some family over here. My family's here. You want to raise your hand just a little quick, quickie? And yeah, I got great family. They came from Joy, Joy Church Medford. And we have here um, Anna Paula. You want to raise your hand? She is our first missionary from La Paz. So she's here. Um, she's from our church. She got saved about four years ago. Um, but she's here. She was only came for seven weeks to kind of serve the church, but she felt called now to um, stay and to do the Zoe intern program to give two years of her life here in, in the United States. She quit the university. She's, she was in the middle of her studies at the university, and so it's been a, 
a big challenge for her, but she, she answered the call of God, and I'm really proud of her. She's a, a beautiful young lady. Um, so I'm here, and I'm super excited. Um, I don't get a chance to speak just in English, so this is fantastic. So if I talk fast, you know why. Because I'm like, I've got to wait for anybody. <laughs> but I'm excited because when Jerry and I, when we decided to go to Mexico, or when we answered a crazy call to go, um, we did not know that we would be going as missionaries and then opening doors up for other missionaries. That wasn't really in our mind, but see, God has his plans and his ways that he does things that we don't know about. And I know that we hear that all the time, and of course we hear it all the time. As Christians, or every time you go to church, you always hear, God has a wonderful plan for your life. And you're like, duh. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, duh. We've been, that's the first thing I learned in church, right? But this morning, I really want you to hear that a lot differently. I want you to, like, receive something. And I want you to think about this, that God is something, planning something for you right now that you are not even aware of. God is planning something for you right now that you're not aware of. You have no idea what he's doing. And it's good. Whatever God does is good. It's for the kingdom. It's for your purpose. And so I know that sometimes we have our own ideas. We have our own expectations. We have dreams. We have things that we want to do or that's in our heart to do. And, and that's great. But sometimes God is, is telling us to do something else. And we're like, but wait, that doesn't match. And, but guess what? He might be doing something else that will lead you to that dream. Because God has a sequence. He has an order of things that we know nothing about. We are ignorant of that order. And he leaves us ignorant because he wants us to follow him in faith. He wants us to trust him more than we trust ourselves. Because <laughs> we do trust ourselves quite a bit. But see, God doesn't try to explain himself to us. He doesn't have to. That's not how he works, and that's not how he's ever going to do it. He's not going to sit down with you and go, this is why I'm asking you to do this. No, he's going to go, do this. And you're going to be like, no, that doesn't make sense. But no, next time I want you to say, okay, it's a sequence. There's a sequence. Um, three years ago, Anna Paula, I remember her sitting in my living room at my house because she was one of those young people that wanted instruction and wanted to be close to the pastor. So she came to my house and she's like, I, you know, there was this one time when, or I feel in my heart that someday I'm going to be preaching or teaching. She didn't say preaching. She said teaching or in a conference with young women about body image issues. And I, I think I'm supposed to be speaking at conferences. And I thought at that moment, she has no idea that those young women that she's talking about, she's going to be leading them to Christ. <laughs> you know, I was, I, I was thinking, I just told her that yesterday. <laughs> you know, I'm like, hey, by the way, Anna Paula, remember that? And she's like, yeah. But that's how God is. We don't know what he's doing at the time. So God has plans and he has a timeline. God does things in his time, and we know that. But I want you to hear this. He has a timeline. So he has that order of things. He's not pressured at all by our sense of time. He's not on our time. He's never on our time. He never will be on our time. He doesn't plan on it. God is not, he's, he's, he's not pressured by our time. And plus, he's like, I don't, I don't my, I, my times are, your times are in my hands. Your times are in my hands, he says, right? And so that's what my sermon is about this morning, that we, we have a tendency to violate God's timing. And I want us not to violate the timing. He wants us to stop violating it. The title of my sermon is Timing Violations, Doing What We Want When We Want It. Who relates to that? 
Nobody? Oh, you're just, you don't want to embarrass yourself. That's fine. But we are told, you know, that we can do great things, but we commit timing violations because we're not doing what God wants when he wants it. And we have to get that in our mind. We need to do what God wants when he wants it. And that's it. And, you know, he, he gives us things and he makes us do things when we don't want it. Trust me, I know. That is my life. But we get impatient sometimes because we want something specific from him. And we're like, I don't know why I'm waiting so long for this. Or I don't know why it's not happening. But the other thing is that God does have things that we, for us to do that we don't necessarily want to do. And so we hear something or we, somebody asks us of something or a door opens and we're like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to obey, so I'll just delay. Or I just will forget about that. I'll just ignore that altogether. Um, because we're not ready. Sometimes we think we're not ready. As Jake was saying, sometimes we don't, we're not ready. Nobody's ready for whatever God wants you to do. If it's a next step, nobody's ready. We prepare right now with knowing the word of God and those things, but we're never ready. Um, and, and, you know, we, we have to remember that, you know, even if we're unhappy with what he's saying or asking us to do, we need to follow it because why? There is a sequence. He's leading us somewhere, and he has his reasons. God's timeline for our lives is already set. He set a timeline. I mean, we could, you know, if we would just ask him, could you show me the timeline? You know, and it'd be boom, boom, boom. You're like, oh, now I see why way back then, blah, blah, blah. But he's not giving us that timeline. We have to trust him. He's, that's what our, our walk of faith is. It's, it's doing things we don't understand. We have to do things we don't understand so that eventually we're like, oh, yeah, I get it. So my question this morning is, will you stop violating God's timeline? Will you start getting in line with what God has for you? And I think this requires two things, probably both things at some point. The first one is that we wait on him even though it feels like we're dying. <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, I felt like that, like I'm dying. I'm, I'm, I'm dying, nothing's happening, it's a, it's a hard season, or we're just dying inside. And I really believe that we do need to die. Jake, Jake mentioned this scripture. I'm going to show this scripture. Um, oh, no, he mentioned another one, but this is another one. Galatians 2.20. Let's, let's look at this and see why we need to die. It says, I have been crucified with Christ, meaning we've suffered. <laughs> That's what crucifixion is. It's a lot of suffering. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And then it goes on to say, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. And I think that that's a, we say we have faith, we, we do, but I think we need to die to ourselves and have 100% faith. Luke 9.23 says, if anyone desires, this is the one Jake was saying, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take his cross up daily and follow me. Meaning, wherever I go. Because <laughs> you know? we don't know where he's going and we don't know where he's taking us, but we got to go that way. And I think we would be wise to die. Nobody likes to die. My pastor, Steve, after six months, we were on the mission field and things were hard and difficult. And I didn't know the language. And I still my, it's my biggest suffering. And he's like, I've got the answer for you, Jamie. I got it. I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready here. Let me, I got my pencil out. And he's like, die. I'm like, dad, well, how, how, how is that helping me? He says, just do it. 
I'm like, okay. I, so, you know, I did that. I'm like, I went to the cross and I died to myself. But we, we need to die because sometimes we're actually sitting on God's throne. He wants to push us off the throne, so we got to die. Remember, he's on the throne and keep going. The second way that we, stop we can stop violating God's timeline is to accept the challenges that God puts right in front of our faces, even though you're not ready, even though you're not necessarily liking it, right? It doesn't matter, like I said, if we're ready. God is ready. And we have to think of this. The timeline has spoken. We've got to believe that the timeline speaks. We, we hear it, but see, we're like, oh, I don't want to do that, so we reject it, but we've got to listen. We've got to know when the timeline is speaking. And speaking of timeline, it's summer blockbuster month at Joy Church. Eugene, can I get a woo? A woo? Hands to woo? Half, maybe a third, okay. Well, I have a clip for you, so enjoy it. In celebration, it's a new series from the Disney Channel. It's called Loki. It's about keeping time, um, and it features human keepers of time, and they're very serious about all this. He calls himself the god of mischief, and I find that hilarious, but he's confronted by the TVA, which is actually referred to, it means the Timeline Variance Authority, and they have labeled him a variant. They're like, you're an outlaw of time, basically. And he looks stronger, he thinks he's stronger, so he's like, he's like, these armor suits comes, he's like, get out of my way. And don't you love when he gets hit in the face? <laughs> and you know, he's like, his mouth is going, and she says something, um, she says, you're now moving in 1 16th speed, but feeling all the pain in real time. I'm like, yeah, Loki. You deserve it. But, but they put a collar on him. They arrest him. And this is what they arrest him for. They say, you're arrested for crimes against the sacred timeline. And when I heard that term, sacred timeline, I, I really got me to thinking. And it was like, boom, sacred timeline. Wow. Because that word sacred has, obviously, a connection to God. The word sacred means blessed, or a synonym is blessed. It's, it's um, holy, it is consecrated and sanctified. And so when you hear that word sacred timeline, it's interesting. It was like, whoa, and a, a sacred timeline. Because these are spiritual implications in a show from Marvel Comics, right? But in the local series, the timekeepers, their job, they say, is to dictate the proper flow of time. But it makes me wonder who, who dictates that? Who is, who is the one who um, decides what the proper flow of time is and how do they know it's proper, right? And who is tracking it? Who is policing it? Who are these people? But you'll have to watch that to know about the movie. But um, I liked a lot Loki's confession to Agent Mobius was like, he's like, I'm, um, you know, he's like, I'm not really a bad guy. I actually feel bad when I hurt people. He says that his tactics are of fear and intimidation um, are an illusion. He says they're an elaborate trick to hide the fact that I'm weak. And I think that we all know that we have our own illusions and our own elaborate tricks to hide the fact that we're weak. When God says, I need you to be weak so I can be strong. Yeah. So we need to also take off whatever mask we are. And I can actually relate to that because I'm kind of that kind of a person. But I, I think that we have to think about what um, is happening because Agent Mobius is not impressed with him. And he seems to know um, 
he seems to know something that he, well, he needs Loki to do something, but he says something. He says, look, Loki, I cannot give you salvation, but I can give you something better. And I'm like, oh man, is there anything better than salvation? No. Is there anything better than salvation? There's nothing better than salvation. So Mobius lied. But salvation, we know, is eternal life. We know that it's receiving the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We have the essence of God living in us for the power that we need to live our life in supernatural ways. And I, there is no, there's nothing better than salvation. But for Loki, it is better that he not be killed and is given another chance to do what he's been asked to do. So he's, he's agreeing, he agrees after that, that he's going to go back in time and fix whatever things are wrong, whatever happened to the timeline that is incorrect. And so let's think about, for a minute, our own sacred timeline. We have a sacred time. God has given each of us a sacred timeline. His timeline is sacred. And I believe that it's, we can look here and like, oh, this is like fantasy. It's the TVA's version. But God has his own version of a sacred timeline. And that, I think, if we think about it, okay, God has a timeline for me. It's sacred. That means what he's got for me is holy, blessed, sanctified, and consecrated. It's not a joke when we say God has his timing for you or that God has a plan for you. That's a very serious statement we make, right? But we don't take it that way. We don't realize how sacred that actually is. It's so important. What if we had not said yes to going to Mexico and Apollo wouldn't be here? Our, my grandchildren, wouldn't, one wouldn't be on the piano and the other one singing here at a moment's notice, right? That is what we don't know. We don't know what our obedience will do. We just know we have got to. This morning, I just, I really, I just can't say it enough, like it's in my spirit, to say, look at this and look at your life as a Christian as you having a sacred timeline that God has you on. We have to say that when nothing's happening. <laughs> and we have to say that when something is happening that we don't understand. Because God is really never too early. He's never too late. He knows exactly what the sequence already is. And he's just waiting for us to align with that. He's like, okay, you're over there, you're over there, you're over there. But there's a sequence. And as soon as you get back to this spot, we can do it. Right? So God is the dictator of the proper flow of time. He's the actual ultimate dictator of the flow of time. And we need to stop committing sequencing, sequencing problems, crimes, or we could say sequencing errors. We've got to get back into God's timing. We want to make things happen, and we, we, we do. Aren't we all guilty of that? We want things to happen, or we think something should happen, so we make it happen. But I believe that we need to wait for the perfect will of God. And I know that there's a lot of suffering involved with that. There will be suffering. And we like to avoid suffering, don't we? But Jesus, what did he do? He suffered and he died all the way to the cross. He died. He suffered all the way. He finished it. And sometimes we don't finish the suffering and we interrupt the process that God has us in. I, I just believe that, that God will not never label us as a variant, but it's a very important word and it actually does apply because it means that we are, it's a version of something that differs from the standard. And what's God's standard? What is his standard? It's the Bible. It's the word of God. 
It's kind of simple. It's not that big. It's not that big to understand. If we adhere to God's ways and God's timing and the standards that he puts in front of us, we will have and live out those purposes. Because here it says you were made on purpose and for a purpose. I am 100% in agreement with that. But because we're human, we, we're seasonal variants. We want what we want, and so we're impatient, and we try to get what we want before it's time for God, that God wants to give us what we need. And so, you know, we're emotional people, right? We are emotional. I'm emotional. We think too much. We think too long. We think, we think beyond what we need to be thinking about. And we, we over-process, and our thoughts are, takes us to places we don't need to go. And I think sometimes we're selfish, and we are carnal instead of spiritual, right? Any, is there any carnal people around here? <laughs> right? It's not easy being us. It isn't. It isn't being me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it on anybody because it's not easy being me. Being me is strange and hard, okay? But, but we battle with ourselves, okay? The battle is here, right here. It's not with anybody. And we, we have a sin nature that is constantly at war with our God nature. So it's constantly a war with our purpose, constantly. That's the situation. Our God nature has it all, the sequencing thing going, and we're going to connect with that because when we're in the spirit, we'll know what it is. But our, our sin nature is always there, and our sin nature is the one that wants what we want when we want it, right? We've got to battle that. And I think if we're being honest, we are also called, we can call ourselves gods of mischief because we become our own gods at some point and we get into mischief. But there's a remedy, obviously, and that is to be real and to take off every mask that we have. But I also think that we need to, this morning, if there's a message that we need to get across, it's that we need to be in submission, complete submission to the sacred timeline because that is the stabilizing force. It's the stabilizing act. Submission to the sacred timeline will give us the inner peace that we're needing and realigns us with our faith. We have to think about that. We, this is when we decide to do nothing without knowing that it's God. Nothing without knowing. That will really stop us from doing a lot of things. Or as Jake said, picking, stopping what we're already doing because now we see that God is not in that thing. When we, are, we also need to wait patiently and it doesn't even matter if we're a little bit impatient. It just means we are impatient, but be patient in the impatience even, to, to let it go because we need to get the instructions from on high. And also, we, we need to suffer. When God does something that we're not, we're not anticipating and we're scared of it, okay, let me tell you something. I'm scared all the time. I'm constantly challenged. And I, I'm like, why? Why is this my life? Really? It's like a love-hate relationship, you know? <laughs> like, I love my life. It's amazing God does all these great things and all these results are happening, but it's difficult to say yes in these challenging times. But 1 Peter 5, 6 says this. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time that he may exalt you. There's a proper time to be exalted. We think it's our time. God has the proper time. He's got the sequence already, you know, the sacred timeline has spoken already. We need to listen to it. The proper time being equal to the sacred time. When we're out of God's timing sequency, we find ourselves that God's not doing much. and He won't exalt us in those moments. He's not going to exalt us 
if it's not the proper time. He's not. And so he's like, self-elevate, go for it, have fun, enjoy yourselves. I'll stand back here, you know, we'll wait till you get back into this place where we can begin again our sequencing. But self-elevation, where does it lead us? Hmm. I know where it's led me. It's always been disappointment and I'm always like back to God on my knees and repentance and all these things. So I really feel like we really need to think about that. But just as importantly, maybe more importantly, I'm not sure, some of us need to walk in those doors that God opens for us. Because God will open a door and you're like, oh, what's behind that door? I don't know. And, you know, he's like, here's the door. Go in. Do you trust me or not? He opens those doors unexpectedly. That's our problem is we're not expecting it because we have our expectation of how things are supposed to happen and he doesn't care. God likes to surprise us and God works in phases. He works in like in, in a sequence. He's like one challenge after another challenge. If we don't do the first challenge, that challenge will come right back at us. So we need to say yes to those doors that are open. And actually, this is my personal struggle. God loves to stress me out. Really, like I'm, I'm like high anxiety anyways. Normally, normally, before I even knew God, I'm like a high, high anxiety. But he just keeps me like on that edge constantly, always. First, he surprised Jerry and I when we were sent out. We never thought we would be any pa- senior pastor's mission, nothing. That was a complete surprise, but we, we did it. We don't like adventure. I, I'm not an adventure person. I don't like adventure, and I'm on this crazy adventure. And my sister Sherry's like, I like adventure. Why are you on the adventure? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know why God did that. It makes no sense at all. But I'm on adventure, and I don't like it. She was like always like crazy doing things. But here's what I know from my own experience and of just being challenged in a continual manner every day in a foreign country with my Spanish especially. But he wants me and he wants you to depend on him 100%. Not 90, 80%. He wants 100% of us. And that's what Isaiah 41.10 says to us. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Notice all the I am's and I will's, and it has nothing to do with us. (laughs) It's God. He's going to do it if we just go, okay, and I submit to this thing. It's all about him. And I want to just talk for one more minute, just a second, about Anna Paula. She was going to the university, happy to do it. Her family is very uh, well known. We, her, her grandfather was the general of the army. Her father was a congressman. They have expectations of university and a sequencing that they wanted to do it. But she, because she loves Jesus and she took that open door, she's here doing something that she's breaking the traditions of the family. And that is not easy to do, especially in Mexico. But she's doing that, and I'm so proud and so happy that she's doing that. Um, I believe that God is going to do something amazing through Anna Paula. I don't know exactly what it is. She doesn't know what it is, but she's here, and she's going to find out what that is as she goes and op- goes through all those open doors that God has given her. But I just want to say that um, for me, I, you know, God has been challenging me in ways that you'll never know. I always preach with a translator because we have a bilingual church. So here's the deal. Um, I preached, 
I, this is the second time this month that I have preached without a translator. The first time was at an all-Spanish church. <laughs> okay, now, I did not expect that moment because I had my own plan of when I was going to preach in Spanish. And it was going to be August of 2022 in front of my own congregation. Because I have not felt ready to preach, right? But God does not care about my... He should honor that plan. Because it was good. You should have heard. I was going to be like, I, I was going to talk like, El fuego de Dios es con nosotros en este lugar, blah, blah, blah. I was going to go up and talk about fire. I was going to fire it up in Spanish. And he should have liked that idea. He's a good one. He didn't care. He's like, no, you're going to do it on a moment's notice. I got, I got a 24-hour notice. But I was at a conference most of those times. So I had a very short time to prepare a message and to speak in Spanish at a church in Mexico City. Now, how did I do? Was my Spanish great? No. No, I sucked, to tell you the truth. I think it was, okay, maybe I didn't suck. I'm my almost critic. So I think maybe it was a C plus, if I'm gonna grade myself. But I get an A plus for doing it. I get an A plus for doing it because God has a plan that's bigger than me, because God has a plan for me. I'm in Mexico, right? And it's been eight long years that I've struggled every day with the challenge of the, of the language, and Anna Paula knows, she's my translator, one of them, you know, that how hard it is, because I'm a writer. I want to speak well. I need my grammar to be perfect. And like, now I'm like speaking Spanish poorly. That is really hard. I don't like it. But God's like, I don't care. I don't care if you like it, I don't care. And one of the things I think this morning, I just want you to understand that God is not interested in, in our comfort. Not at all. He's not interested in how comfortable we are, how great we feel about ourselves. He's like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you out there. And I'm gonna open this door and the question is, are you gonna walk? Yeah. Are you gonna do it? Are you gonna listen to the, to the voice of God's sacred timeline? And I'm going to pray for you right now. I think that, I think, you know, I, I got all kinds of things in my message, but I really just am going to put this down because I feel really compelled to say to you that you don't know what God has, that he has already created this timeline. Thank you, Zach. He's already created the timeline for your life. We just have to, like, trust him, and we have to do it. We have to stay with, with the plan of God we have to believe that he does have a purpose and that we don't know what it is, but he does. And so I'm going to pray over, over you right now. I just feel like I'm supposed to impart something from me to you. And a lot of people say, oh, Jamie, you're so brave. I, I'm not that brave. You know what I am? Willing. I am not brave, naturally. I'm a scaredy cat. I, I promise you. I've never, I, I'm not going to jump off a cliff, if, even if it's like two feet. I'm not going to do anything brave because I'm not brave by nature. But I do believe that God is for me. And I do believe that in Christ I can do all things because I'm a vessel of the Lord. I'm a vessel of God. He wants to use me. I'm like, use me. Use me. Challenge me. Okay, I'll go speak Spanish in a church that I, that in, in Mexico City, in the worst part of the town. I thought, well, there's 20 people at this church. What could go wrong? There's 250 people at the church, and a lot of things went wrong. But it doesn't matter because I know that God is like, good job. Good job. You did that. And now what are you going to do? Now, now, now I think you should just give me the rest of the language perfectly. I think I should be fluent. 
Don't you guys agree? Say amen. amen. Thank you. I received that. Look, I'm going to pray for you guys. I, I feel that God wants to impart willingness. A lot of people say, I need to be brave. No, you do not. You need to be willing. Lord Jesus, I just come to you this morning. And God, we, I feel your presence here. I felt it during worship. I felt it at the first service. I, I feel it strongly right now, God, that you are wanting to impart a willing spirit in everyone here today, God. I pray in the name of Jesus that willingness would be like the verb that, that moves every person, God. And I pray that you would start showing the doors that to, to the people that they should have walked through and that, Lord God, they'd be willing next time to walk through the door, to take that risk, God. I pray for challenges. I pray for more challenges in this church than any other church, God, that the people here, because they're vessels. Lord, I pray we would just stand here as your vessels, Lord, to be used for your kingdom purpose, God. And when we, do, when we are willing to do your purpose, Lord, we find our own purpose. We understand, Lord, the purpose that you have us in, God. I pray in the name of Jesus right now. I just impart willingness, God. I pray that you would give them, remind them, Lord, that, that your timeline is sacred, Lord. It's not random. It's sacred. It's, it's already established, God. I pray we would line up. We would get in line with it, God. Let us be those people who are focused on, Lord, what you want and not what we want. Let us be submitted to your plan, submitted to your will, submitted to your timeline. In the name of Jesus, I pray these things, God. I thank you for what you're doing in this church. But God, I see greater things as we are willing to let the Holy Spirit work in all of us, God. I, I just let loose. I let loose the gifts in this house. Lord, I let loose the gifts in the house. I pray they would rise up, God. Rise up the gifts, Lord. Let everybody be alive again, Lord. I pray there'd be revival in their own spirits, Father God, because there needs to be a revival in the city, God. So I just lift your holy name high, God. I thank you for opening doors and opening opportunities, God. And I thank you for these people in this beautiful church. In the name of Jesus, amen. Awesome. You guys give her a great big hand of applause. That was awesome. What a wonderful message. I love what Pastor Jamie was talking about, that it first starts with us being willing. And maybe you're here in the room today and you don't know Jesus. You're not in a relationship with him. You've never given your life to him. We want to open up an opportunity for you to be able to do that today. You know, she said, you don't have to be brave. You just have to be willing. And that's so powerful for every single one of us. At some point in our life, we have to be willing to say, there is a God. I'm not him. And I believe if I put my faith and my trust in him, that he is going to take care of me. That that is the only way that I will have salvation in this life. You know, we believe that we were created on purpose and for a purpose. And one of the reasons that we were created was to have relationship with God. He created us for relationship with him. But because of sin, because of the wrong things that we all have done, that have been done to us, it has created a, a chasm of that relationship. And that's what Jesus was all about. That's why God became man as Jesus, lived a perfect life. The Bible says that he was tempted in every way that you and I are tempted, and yet he never sinned. And it says that for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He died for every single one of us. But he not only died, right? He came back from he came back from the dead. He conquered sin and death so that you 
can be in a relationship with him, so that you can have that wonderful relationship with God, so that you can have eternal life. And that's what we do when we say, I'm putting my hope, I'm putting my trust, I'm putting my faith in you, God, that you are the only one who can save me. That's what we're doing when we say, I want to be a Christian. I want to follow after him. And if everyone would just close their eyes right now, no one's looking around. We're not trying to embarrass you. But if you say, I want to put my faith, I want to put my hope in Jesus, would you just lift up your hand for me right now? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you're watching online, you can do this just the same. It's, I can't see you, but God sees you. He knows right now that you're saying, I want to put my faith and my hope in him. Anyone else in this room? Thank you so much. Anybody else? Right now, we're going to say a prayer. I just ask that everyone in the room will repeat it after me. It's not a magic prayer. It's just a way for you to verbalize that you are putting your faith in Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for creating me. God, I admit I have not done everything right. I have hurt people. I have sinned against you. And God, I pray that you would forgive me. Jesus, I put my faith in you. I put my trust in you. I give you my life. God, would you teach me how to be more like you, how to walk like you. Thank you, Lord for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.